we are really flowing, like moving fast into the experience economy and, oh, yeah. and people aren't looking to just go and do one thing. They want to mm -hmm. go and have an overall experience, whether right. that's on their own or with their friends or the family. And so when you can help them create that experience, again, by creating those bundles or whatever, those packages, just guide them along where they don't have mm -hmm. to go and think about it, but leave some opening for serendipity and an opportunity right. once they're mm -hmm. there. I think that's, that's going to help create that type of improved guest experience. It's going to get them to come back in more frequently. Awesome. Thanks again for coming on, Brandon. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day. For the people who haven't met you yet, tell me a little bit about you and uh, Hound. Yeah, Forrest, uh, it's great to be great to be on your podcast. So excited to be here. Yeah, so Brandon Wiley, the CEO and founder of Hound. And uh, we've been around for uh, in the industry since 2016. So I, I think in the grand scheme of the attractions industry, fairly new, fairly young in the industry. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you the very first time that I went to, uh, my first exposure to the industry was going to the IAPA Expo. And then I very quickly from there, I met a few people, met Beth Stanley, and she introduced me to uh, the Bowling Summit. So I went to the Bowling Summit in 2017 and then Bowl Expo. And so just really just dove into the industry, absolutely fell in love with the, uh, I'm going to say the broader attractions industry, but really the entertainment, family entertainment industry, the, all of the owners, proprietors just loved what they're doing, love the passion they have for their industry, whether it's bowling specifically or just entertainment and more generally, absolutely love that. And so there's really, frankly, nothing that I've no industry that I'd rather be a part of and be involved in than the entertainment attractions industry. It's awesome. Yeah. Having your product be fun. Is, is a nice appeal. Who, who, who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like people are building memories, whether yeah. they're just going on their own for some reason, like, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes that happens or they're building memories with their friends, with their family, with their kids, their grandparents, great grandparents. And I think that's, what's cool, especially about the bowling industry is that it spans like generationally spans yeah. of just interest and fun and there's not too many attractions and things you can do that really captures the interest collectively from a four-year-old pushing something down ramp to a, an 80-year-old who has mm -hmm. been maybe bowling for a large part of his or her life and is there right. to celebrate that time with that four-year-old. So there's very few attractions and things you can do like bowling. So Mm. Yeah, cool. I've heard somewhere that it's like the most accessible sport in, in the U.S. Something like 70 million people bowl every year, which is crazy. Yeah, that's not anyone surprising can at all. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's one of those where a, a group of kids can go and have fun and they want to go and do that for the birthday party. And then you have mm -hmm. these 20 somethings that want to go and they're just going to bowl because they want to hang out with their friends and social. They're going to have some good mm -hmm. drinks and some good food and hang out. And then again, can go and do that when they're looking for something to do on the weekend or on a weeknight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super accessible. And that's, what's awesome about the sport. Yeah. No, yeah, totally agree. So Hound, walk me a little bit through like the birth of Hound, maybe even for people who don't know what you do, what you guys do, and how did you get here into the space? Yeah, I think it's not that we saw some big glaring problem or need out there. And so we were like, we got to go solve for this. I think what is a, an evolution, ultimately where Hound is, where Hound has landed and more will continue to go, will always evolve based on, I think some of the core issues that, that small businesses have in general, but specifically businesses where you're attracting consumers to come and have an experience in your facility. And first of all, it's just getting people in the door on a frequent, regular basis. And that may not be a problem on a weekend, like on a Saturday, 
um, but it might be a problem on a Tuesday afternoon. So getting people mm -hmm. in the door is the core problem. I think the under some of the underlying issues out there is that the majority is what we saw anyway. What I saw when I started the company is that the majority of the tools out there are do it yourself, what we call DIY right. tools. Yeah. So you have to then have expertise. You have to have time. And if you don't have either of those things and you have to hire somebody for that, either outsourced mm -hmm. or insourced, and it just becomes an extra burden. And so I felt like we could create a software platform that ultimately helps attract either past customers or nearby consumers in on a more frequent, regular basis. And so we've evolved what we call ourselves, how we talk about ourselves. And so now we call Hound sort of the next iteration of that. And we'll really be pushing in the latter half of the year and unveiling at the Expo, at IAPA Expo coming up is um, we want to really consider ourselves the experience promotional platform, right? The experience mm -hmm. promotion platform. So we want to promote experiences to centers, past customers and nearby consumers and ultimately help them get more customers and make more money. And we do that in, a, in an automated sort of effortless way. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I really like the way that you guys have everything siloed from like the offer so that the center, all they have to do is just put it out there. And then you guys can even help with that too, as do we. Yeah. Yeah. There's three things we do really well as far as a platform, a software platform. One, we're going to help them share their promos. So distribute promote their promotions. And I use the term promotions really loosely. It doesn't mean deals or discounts. It could be mm -hmm. a value add or a bundle or a package or just an event that you want to promote. Mm -hmm. So we use promotions very liberally in that sense. So okay. we help them distribute their promotions across multiple channels, uh, Mostly online channels. So you think email, websites, mobile apps, social media channels. So think about those types of those channels. Now there's some others as well that you can be leveraged offline to drive to an online landing page, which leads to the second thing we do really well, which is conversion. So we help take yeah. that customer who may not be thinking about your center at that time, but then they see something in their social, in your social media feed or their social mm -hmm. media feed, or they get an email and they go to a landing page and that landing pages just on doing one thing specifically and that's converting that customer and we really are focused on driving that what we call an impulse conversion they weren't mm -hmm. thinking about it they were just checking their email like oh that's cool something from the summit let me go check that out and click on it and then it pulls it up and then they say oh that's awesome i'm gonna go buy that now and now right. they may not use it for a couple of weeks mm -hmm. or maybe a couple of days but we're capturing that conversion that impulse conversion and then the third thing is collection, right? So we're going to help collect customer data. That's email addresses, birth dates, purchase history, what attractions they like, those types of things that are going to help that center to either leverage in their own marketing efforts or to mm -hmm. feed right back into our system to keep those past customers coming back in more frequently because we've collected that information. So yeah. those are the three areas that we do things really well. In our yeah, and I think people are starting to see it as it becomes more ubiquitous, but like the real power of the data collection on their customers and how they can really use that for their other marketing efforts is something that people just don't typically see, like the, how much you can make out of it because you have the profiles or the data and use that for your other efforts is really impressive. And that's one of the first things we do. And I love seeing that you guys make that one of your core features. Yeah, absolutely. And when we look at some of our data and this is an aggregate right across all of our, across all of our customer base. And so it's going to vary from region to region, from center to center, but 
Mm -hmm. we see that every for every email address collected, the core value when used through our platform, at least, that's not even to say using using it, leveraging in other marketing avenues and tools, mm -hmm. but just through our platform, it's a dollar of annual revenue for every email address collected that you should be able to okay. get. You may not have ever had that. Every birthday collected with an email address is $5 of revenue. Okay. And that's and, and that's because not everybody who's going to get information about booking a party is going to book a party, but right. an aggregate by collecting those email addresses, by collecting those birthdays and then doing something about it, sending something mm -hmm. actionable is another is basically, hey, we got another birthday, another five bucks added to the top line. So it's pretty it's pretty cool when you really are able to leverage that customer mm -hmm. the customer data. Right. Yeah. And then recurring too. So it keeps, keeps coming every year. Oh yeah. This isn't like one time $5, but it's going to keep coming right. every year. And the goal ultimately is to increase the overall per cap of that visit when they come in the door, mm -hmm. but then also increase the number of visits, your total lifetime value of that customer that you've spent money to right. acquire. Yep. You now, your return on that investment to, to capture that customer up front is going to just increase over time by increasing the frequency of visits and then also increasing yeah. how much they spend with you when they're actually there. Exactly. Yeah. And then not only that, but it's free to reach out to an email. Whereas if you're using other methods like Facebook and Google ads, which we do recommend, but every time you want to communicate through that, you got to pay for it. Whereas this, like yeah. once you have it, it's yours. That's exactly right. Yeah. Most advertising costs money. And I think it's okay as long as you're driving somewhere. So you said you recommend running Google ads and Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. completely recommend that as well. That's not something that Hound does, but Hound has, while well, we'll push into a social media feed, we're not going to drive the Facebook ads and the Google ads that, that absolutely they should be doing. But what are you sending them to ultimately? Are you sending them back to your website that doesn't have a conversion mechanism to capture, or are you just mm -hmm. sending them to you want to send them to a landing page or to some place that's going to capture that interest right away. And even if you're going to send it back to the website, make sure your website has the tools in order to convert that customer once they land there, instead of just making them see, oh, that looks cool. That looks interesting. Maybe I'll go and visit there someday. Yeah. Um, no, you want something that's going to capture them to say, they mm -hmm. buy something or claim something that's then going to get them to come in and actually visit. Right. Yeah. Because that's something that I like, try to explain to people as well, is that the conversion rate is massive because if you were sending them to a landing page that's not converting, so you're spending X dollars in advertising, you send them to a page, it converts at 1% or something like that. If you can just bump that up to 5%, you're spending the same amount of money, but now you have five times the return. It's crazy. Yeah. When you're talking, especially in high volume like that, incremental improvements that you can make. And this is where we're always A-B testing our landing page designs to make sure the layout. And we just recently this year made a massive update to our landing pages. And that update has driven up to 50% increase in conversions from the old landing page. 50% is massive. We would yeah. have been happy with 10% increase, right. right? Because again, in volume, each conversion percentage just increases your total your total gross margin, right? Proves your gross margin because your net advertising costs are the same, your hard mm -hmm. costs. So you're just going to drive more top line ultimately. Exactly. And like your top line is obviously what you're what you want to what you want to drive. You can exactly. Yeah. Once people realize that it's a real game changer, like small tweaks over here can be big tweaks over here. Yep. Um, absolutely. So that's a little bit about how you got into it and what you guys do. Tell me a little bit about some of the things you're seeing work today. You, I think you said you're in maybe a thousand locations or so. What are some things that you're seeing across the board for your customers that is working really well for them? Yeah, I think if we're talking 
If we're talking about people who are leveraging the Hound platform, what they're seeing success in, frankly, it is, it varies wildly by the attraction mix of that particular center. So sure. yeah, we're in, we're a little over a thousand family entertainment centers, or I would even, we're, there's the shift in naming structure from family entertainment to location-based entertainment, because obviously it's not always around families. And so sure. when you look at that location-based entertainment mix, it really depends on the type of attraction, the attraction mix. What works really well is when you can bundle things together. Mm. For example, if you, if you offer bowling and laser tag and arcade and F and B, if you can find a way to bundle or package a couple of those things together, that really, that really helps one, because it drives your overall, again, the per cap up, right. but people feel like they're getting some sort of value from that bundle. So that makes, that's helpful. But if you're just, if you're a bowling center with a bar and some, maybe some pool tables and that kind of stuff, then really it's about trying to fill in the gaps where you may not have leagues coming in and that they're driving your time and if your open play isn't, your open bowl isn't as, is busy, try to fill in gaps by running special promotions, that kind of thing. And typically, yeah. again, if you bundle even something basic like F&B, pizza and an hour of bowling or something like that, it's always going to, because it's creating a holistic experience. And I think that's, right. if, if that's, if there was one overarching thing across all these different attractions and really across the economy. I'm sure you know, some people that listen to your podcast have read The Experience Economy uh, mm -hmm. by Joe Pine, and, and we are really flowing, like moving fast into the experience economy. And, oh, yeah. and people aren't looking to just go and do one thing. They want to mm -hmm. go and have an overall experience, whether right. that's on their own or with their friends or the family. And so when you can help them create that experience, again, by creating those bundles or whatever, those packages, just guide them along where they don't have mm -hmm. to go and think about it, but leave some opening for serendipity and an opportunity right. once they're mm -hmm. there. I think that's, that's going to help create that type of improved guest experience. It's going to get them to come back in more frequently. Yeah. Uh, people... Unless you're a league bowler or you're really treated as a sport, people aren't typically just going out for the afternoon and they're just going to go bowl for an hour or two hours, right? Like they're going to make an experience of it. Either they're going to have dinner at your place and also bowl and have some drinks, or they're going to come and bowl and maybe they'll leave if they don't feel like they can get that full guest right. experience, they'll leave and yeah. have dinner somewhere else or have drinks afterwards or whatever. So the more that you can create that holistic experience, the better. And, and I feel like, that's what's driving sort of the, the shift, or I don't want to call it a revolution. It's not like that dramatic, but that shift in F&B as well. So you find just the, the people's expectations of what they can come and eat and what they can yeah. come and drink while they're bowling is, is, in, is dramatically increasing like those expectations. Oh, yeah. It's important, again, to create that holistic experience. Yeah, no, I really like that how you use the word guide because it's almost like the package becomes the guide because I think a lot of people overestimate how well people know their products because they know them really well. But if you've never been to a place, it's not like someone says, here's all the things you can do here. They're just left up to figure out what they do. If you have that package, it's almost like, here's the best experience you could have. Like when you go to a restaurant and you ask the waitress, what do you, what's good here? Or what are your favorite? What do you recommend? That package almost is like that recommendation. I really like that. Yeah, absolutely. And so that, that can be done. It's like the individual ticketed theme parks or amusement parks do that really well. I'm not talking about the ones where you come in and pay a single gate price and go in and get to experience everything like Disneyland or Universal or whatever. I'm talking more about the smaller, the smaller, like more regional based parks, right? Okay. So, but what they do is they have these different play packages and bundles 
and they're bundling what they feel like are their either their highest attractions or their most age appropriate attractions. And you can get these mm -hmm. different packages and bundles. So it's that curated experience. So I yeah. can go to fun spot in Orlando for the first time and I can buy a package versus having to go there, wander around, pay to go on this one, pay to go on this mm -hmm. one and not really know how to get the best experience possible while I'm there. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you're reducing their decision risk. So instead of them, I wonder if this is going to be the best thing to do or all oh, I should have done that instead, especially if they can't get to all of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then sometimes it's depending on the size of your entertainment center or venue, sometimes it's, it almost becomes like it's overwhelming. So I feel like I'm just going to come and bowl and I'll get a beer and I'm going to right with my, because I, I don't get to experience anything else there because yeah. there's almost too much choice. And especially if you're with a group, one person wants to do this, one person wants to do this. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, got us a, a couple of packages here. Let's yeah. go and have, you know, go do a round of laser tag, an hour of bowling and, and then get some drinks. And now we've had this sort of experience. We didn't have to think about it. We didn't debate right. about it. And time. You don't have to risk saying, Hey, let's go do this. And then it turns out to be not that fun. And now it's uh, your fault. So you reduce right. that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's, yeah. That's really cool. So packaging the experiences, anything else that you're seeing work really well? I really like that one. Anything else that you're seeing? Yeah, I think just in general, the overall increase in guest experience, I think is important. The, in fact, a good friend of mine, Josh Liebman, he also has a, 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 like a guest experience podcast that he does, and it's really focused mm. around improving the guest experience. And I think that's, so not only is it helping to curate that experience, making sure that you are providing a quality experience across the board. Again, you could have a really great bowling, the best top of line bowling, bowling lanes, all like the equipment could be really good. But if I walk in and the bathrooms are, are just like kind of outdated or dirty or mm -hmm. whatever, or I walk in and I'm not sure where I'm supposed to go once I first yeah. walk in the door, like those are all things that start to chip away at that overall experience. And I want to leave, like, I felt like I came in, I was greeted, I was guided. And I had a good quality experience across the board and that just elevates it. Doesn't mean I'm not going to have a good experience if that isn't the case, Sure. Right? but I could have an even better experience, which means I'm going to tell more people about it. So yeah. that's the best free marketing you can ever Absolutely. get is word yeah. of mouth marketing. So I'm mm -hmm. going to tell other people about it. I'm probably going to come back in again and maybe bring other people with me that didn't experience the first time. And so right. I'll become an evangelist if I have that really good, solid guest experience. So I would right. just say that one of the trends that's leading, especially for some of the new builds, the new centers that are, mm -hmm. that are popping up, they're really focused on the attraction mix, the flow and everything else that's going to give the best guided and curated overarching guest experience possible, yeah. but it can absolutely be done in existing centers, right? Oh, yeah. um, in existing alleys. So yeah, I think it's the focus on the holistic experience inside and once I actually walk through the doors. Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot because the proprietors who I talk to who are doing really well and have super well-run facilities. They do that whether they know it explicitly or not, but they pay attention to all the little details of what that person's experience is like. And a lot of times they don't even call it that, but subconsciously that's what they're creating for their customers. And then, like you said, you have the word of mouth from that. And then the repeat is if you want to double your, the size of your business, all you have to do is get the people in the, in the, so the bell curve of, of people frequency, if most people on the average is five, the, on the other side, you'll have people who are one and the other side of less likely is maybe like 10 or something or a hundred. But if you can get that bell curve to shift to the right, just a couple of degrees to go from like 
your average number of frequency of, of visits per year is three to go to five. You basically just doubled your business just by getting people to come in more frequently. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you can, you can, you play some interesting things with your team members to get them to buy into this. And because mm -hmm. I think sometimes people say, well, like, how am I supposed to get my team to be extra friendly or reach out? Or like, how do you change some of that culture? And I was listening to uh, the Attraction Pros podcast. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to, to listen to those guys. Yeah. Josh is actually on that one too, but then he's also a friend. And so they run the Attraction Pros podcasts. And I was just listening to the most recent one. They went on a tour of amusement parks and stuff. So not really relevant to the bowling center world, mm -hmm. except for the fact that one of the one of the interesting things, and this is what helps drive improvement, they a lot of the really good parks ask for feedback, but not just like generic review feedback, that kind of thing, but ask for specifically feedback on, hey, tell us something great that somebody did for you while they were there. Yeah. Meaning, did you know one of the attendants really help out? Or so how was the front desk staff or that kind of thing? Like how were your servers? But tell us something good about something that that somebody did for you. So yeah. now you're creating this sort of like mini internal competition. And it's not a competition, but like peer, like peer competition yeah. where I want to make sure that I'm getting, if John over there is getting all this feedback, but I'm not, how's that looking internally to, to my boss or to the, to the owner or the GM? Right. Yeah. So it could be one way that gets people too to think not just about how is my experience more generally, but like, how did this person really help improve my experience? And that's something that was a great takeaway mm -hmm. from that. And so I guess I'm passing it on here where that's one small thing that you could do to try to help identify, you know, ways to make improvements, but also mm -hmm. help capture feedback, qualitative feedback from your guests. Right. Yeah. Almost like what matters to them and then how do you measure it so that you can improve on it? So if you're tracking your employees yep. on that and that's the KPI, that's what they're going to try to increase. But then you get the, like you said, the qualitative data where it's like, what do they actually care about? Yeah, exactly. What mm -hmm. do they care about? And then like, how are my team members doing, right? They're actually out there interacting with people and what are they doing that can then drive further positive reinforcement and be passed on as opportunities for somebody else to do as well down the line. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I really like that. That's cool. So yeah, I like that general experience theme because you're right. It is an experience economy and we're fast headed towards that. Yeah. Awesome. As far as building on that, you know, what we're approaching to tell me a little bit about where you see things going in like the next three years or so plus or minus a year. Yeah. Okay. So I think we'll go with the experience theme for a minute sure. and draw, draw a line to, I think three to five years, but I think ultimately mm -hmm. we have to be looking in this industry, particularly because there's almost like a backwards, backwards, the wrong term here, but you, you see the entertainment industry is also now coming into the location-based entertainment. So I'm talking about the, not the entertainment industry and the, our type of entertainment. I'm talking about like the on-screen, so television, brand, movies, Netflix, et cetera. So you have okay. Stranger Things. Stranger Things during COVID between 2020 and 2021, they had a drive-through pop-up experience in LA. And I took my son to that because it's a quick okay. drive from Phoenix to LA. Yeah. And that was a all built around the Stranger Things IP. Mm -hmm. Now there's a pop-up Stranger Things experience that's going on in New York City and actually in a few other a few other cities across the world as well, all built around the IP and brand. And Netflix is driving that coming back in and almost mm -hmm. creating these immersive experiences built around their IP, but doing that on a location-based environment. I say all that because we need to make sure that we're thinking about how are we evolving in a way that can compete 
with these types of IP and branded experiences. Now, that isn't to say that bowling has to try to compete with Stranger Things. That's not my point. They do have to elevate the overall experience that when I can come and bowl with my friends, I need to have that, an experience that is at least going to give me something like if I've got to choose between one or the other uh, mm -hmm. for my Friday night, that the overall to total experience is going to at least be interesting enough to compete against that. And, and so when we look three to five years out, I see a few things happening. One, you can't ignore what's happening from like a VR and AR standpoint. Yeah. And I use that very loosely. I don't mean that people are going to be strapping on VR headsets and then bowling, but AR, some of the things that the Brunswick's doing, Cubic AMF are doing within their mm -hmm. lanes and changing and gamifying would have historically just been straight down the lane bowling, bowling right. lanes, gamifying that experience so that, again, it can continue to be a multi-generational, inclusive, and accessible, as we talked mm -hmm. about earlier, accessible mm -hmm. sport. So that gamification is going to continue, but yeah. also the attraction mix is going to continue. We're already seeing the days of single attraction venues mm -hmm. are, are sort of dying off. Yeah. You know, and, and, or evolving, I should say. Yeah. Right? So the number of just bowling alleys... Yeah. And it depends on the market too. So you, right. you also need to be very aware and aware of what's happening in your market and mm -hmm. where the opportunities exist, but making sure that there's multiple attractions so you can increase the dwell time and experience time of that particular guest to go from one hour because they came to bowl and then they're gone to three hours now because they came to bowl and then they did some rock climb, some climb on some walls or mm -hmm. they went and played some arcades or they did an escape room or yep. whatever, but they had multiple things to do, or they did a laser maze, et cetera. Right? Yep. So many different things. So seeing, improving that attraction mix, and then really making sure that it's an immersive experience. I think we're gonna see a trend towards themed, overall themed venues. So where I can go in and I may be bowling, but it's a part of an overarching experience and theme, even though I'm bowling. And so I think we'll see some evolution in that direction as well. And again, just increase, as people are looking for more novelty, more interest, we want to make sure we're delivering on that and also more technology. So more tech infused experiences. That's why we're seeing a big revolution now happening in mini golf as well. So tech infused yeah. mini golf. I don't know if you've seen pop stroke or, or some of those that are popping up. These are, they're basically, so creative works does, uh, does some of this as well. They have some of this tech infused mini golf where everything is tied to the ball itself has mm -hmm. an RFID chip. So now I don't have to keep score oh, at all. Cool. I can just play golf and it, yeah. you know, it makes, it keeps score and I can drink and hang out with my friends and just play some mini golf. And That's really cool. I don't have yeah. to, I don't even have to worry about it. And it's going up ramps. And when it goes up the ramps, it like runs down a few things, lights up, there's TV screens everywhere. And so it's oh, a much awesome. more immersive mini golf experience. That's yeah. happening. Hot shack, pop stroke. Those are things that are happening on that front. Mm -hmm. Anyway, all that to say, making sure we're looking at ways where we can infuse technology, tie it back to my mobile experience while I'm there. So how do you yeah. enhance that overall mobile experience tying with my physical experience? And then the last thing I'll say is, and this is a little bit further out, so not the next three to five years, but thinking about how does, how do I continue my experience when I leave the venue? So mm -hmm. how can I stay connected with either your brand or your entertainment or your whatever it is? And how can I stay engaged in an interesting experiential way that's good, but I have to then come back in to close some kind of loop, right? So thinking right. about how can you keep people engaged while they're out and then draw them back in in order to spin up that engagement wheel again and then that flywheel right. and then go back out, go back, gone for a couple of weeks and then I come back in because I want to 
re-engage again. And so I can uh, tying the online, offline, in yeah. venue, out of venue experience mm -hmm. together is something that we need to be thinking about collectively as an industry, but also yeah. as we look at bowling center. Now I'll put a giant caveat stamp on that. It completely depends on where you are, right? If you're in a rural place like that type, if you're a bowling alley and a rural venue that's built around families and regular league bowlers, et cetera, then that evolution is going to either be farther out or not as relevant or important. If you're a bowling center right in the middle of a metro area, then you absolutely need to be thinking about what that evolution is. Right. Yeah. You got a lot more competition. Yeah. And I can see the person who can crack that nut and get them to come in and reduce that or increase that frequency on an annual basis is a lot of money to be made for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah. So I guess Hound can help bring customers in, but at the end of the day, in more frequently, that's what our platform is built for. But at the end of the day, yeah. this is why I talk so heavily about the experience, the guest experience. They're not having a quality guest experience. It doesn't matter what we're going to do. Like we're not the ones building the brand loyalty or driving that frequency. Like we're a tool and a platform to do that. Bowling center is that experience. The venue is that experience that the consumer is ultimately looking for. We're just helping try to get something in front of that consumer more frequently so that they take action, but it's got to deliver on that experience uh, yeah. ultimately. We can get them there, but they got to keep them coming back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're, they're the only ones that can build the brand loyalty and that venue loyalty, that experience loyalty. We can't do that. Yeah. Okay. So we're coming up on time here. I, I want to be respectful of your time, but I did have a couple smaller specific questions that I want to ask you about. The first one is what are you guys working on today at Hound? Like what's your top priority or tell me a little bit about, okay, this is what we're working on today. Yeah. We have a few things. One is just going further down, further down the line of helping that consumer to discover experiences in their area. So right now we're really mm -hmm. good at, really good at driving increasing past customers in the number of visits. So helping get those right. past customers to come in more frequently. We're okay and like pretty good at getting the nearby consumer who doesn't know about you to come in, yeah. especially in some areas. So we're really doubling down on that area to make sure that we can really help to, I mean, some of that's through partnerships. So partnerships mm -hmm. with a group like Bull Now, right? But uh, others is uh, through some of our own stuff that we're doing as well to help the consumers discover experiences in their area. So we're making some headway. There'll be some announcements and some other stuff coming out as we, we make developments there. But overall, uh, we're, we're always working on is increasing the number of channels in which we can distribute our promotions that the okay. merchant, that the venue can share their promotions. So right. increasing distribution network, improving that. And then also just always looking and refining our conversion ways that we can convert customers. Yeah. So again, that big landing page was a big lift just recently announced that our inbox placement, so our deliverability on our emails has gone from 90% now to 97%. Wow. So it means 97% of people uh, are getting our emails in their inbox. Oh. That's a, and we talk about the small percentage improvements. I you know. know. We went from mm. 90 to that, that's 7% though. It's, yeah, it makes when all you the look, difference. When you put that at the top of the conversion funnel, makes all the difference. Those are the things we're working on are always like, those are the, some of the smaller optimizations we're always making. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. As someone who knows the backend complexity of that deliverability, that's an impressive number. Yeah. That's no, really thank cool. you. Yeah. 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 Awesome. The only other thing, actually, I did want to ask you about one thing, because I think it's something that people don't think of, but it makes intuitive sense as soon as you talk about it and you guys are doing it is the Wi-Fi piece. So talk a little bit about that, because I think a lot of people overlook that. It's just, it's, they're leaving the dollars on the ground when all they have to do is install one thing and you got your customer database. 
Absolutely. So this falls into that collect category. So distribute, mm -hmm. convert, and collect. So for us, one of the biggest opportunities for a center to, to collect email addresses and birthday mm -hmm. data and everything else is through that Wi-Fi. And at this day and age, it's probably likely that a lot of bowling centers are, are already providing Wi-Fi of some kind. When, whenever I ask the question like, Hey, so are you actually collecting an email address? Like almost none mm -hmm. of them are doing anything or, and that Wi-Fi is valuable to that consumer. Yeah. And so I say that consumer is willing to exchange value for that. And yeah, they also know that their email address has value. Mm -hmm. They'll put in their email address. So our platform, our guest Wi-Fi platform can either, we can either provide the access points and those are no cost. So we just provide those as part of our fee, or we can work with your existing infrastructure. So they already have access points. We can go in and just lay our software over the top of their access points. And then we provide a portal for the consumer to put in an email address put in potentially some other information if you want to collect that. They can connect through Facebook if they wanted to as well through the Facebook login, but put an email address and then they get online. Now we redirect them to a landing page. So if you want to help increase per cap, redirect them to a gift card landing page or yeah. some sort of F&B upsell package. So we drive them to a landing page to, to get more conversions while they're there. And then we, then our platform does bounce back promotions. So three days later, they're going to get a promotion from us, mm, from you ultimately, yeah, but from our right. platform, that's going to get them to come back in again, say, Hey, thanks for visiting. And, and thanks for jumping on the Wi-Fi. Here's the promotion you can come back in and maybe it's a $5 game card or something like that to come yeah. back in and, and spend, spend more time there come back in for another visit. So yeah. not only are you collecting that valuable data, um, but now you're able to you know, automate that bounce back as well. Once they right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so huge because. A lot of times people have databases that are just like outdated and you don't know the last time they were there. And now you have a trigger where it's contextual, right? Most marketing, the more in context it is, the better it's going to do. Now you have, okay, thanks for coming in. But unless you have that connected to your POS and almost nobody does, and it's a separate thing, you don't know when they came in last. Now they're telling you just by opting in with the Wi-Fi. That's so yeah. Catch. Yeah. And then when they come in again, they're going to auto connect. And then we know they've, mm -hmm. they've got another visit and right. then we can send them another thing again and keep yeah. that virtuous cycle going. Exactly. Yeah. You're finishing that loop. That's yeah. That's so nice to have. I didn't even think of that when you were first telling me about it, but that piece makes it a no brainer and it's not expensive. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. So the last thing that I wanted to ask you and we'll sign off here is just uh, the number one piece of advice. And I have a feeling I know where it's going, but the number one piece of advice you would offer for a proprietor, if it's maybe they bought a new center or they're just looking to double down their efforts, what would you tell them? I'd love to, I think I almost beat a dead horse with making sure you have a great guest experience. So I'm mm -hmm. not going to go down that path. Actually, what I'll okay. say is the single greatest thing you could do and whether using guest Wi-Fi or you're putting a pop-up on your website or whatever you're doing to, to is to capture an email address from mm -hmm. an existing customer, from a customer who's walked in or from a prospective customer, maybe somebody's visited your website or something, just get that email address. If you can get other information like birth dates, cell phone numbers, et cetera, all that's great. Mm -hmm. Just get that email address, know who your customer is and be able to send to them something so that they can so that they can come in again and they can hear from you and you can stay connected with them and they can stay engaged with you. It's so easy to just spend so much money and time and effort and hire great staff, et cetera. But if you can't communicate with your customer when they leave your venue, mm -hmm. then you've lost a massive opportunity to bring them back in and increase the number of visits. So do whatever you can, even if it's a pad of paper that, <laughs> hey, sign up for our e-list right. right on this paper, put down yeah. your email address, even if it's something as simple as that, and we'll send you a $5 coupon or something like just right. do something to incentivize that consumer to give you their information so that you can stay, so you can follow up with them down the line and keep them engaged.
I absolutely love that. You are preaching to the choir, Brendan. That's, that's awesome. I'm glad you mentioned it. Cool. That's all I have for today. If someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way to either reach out to you or find out more about Hound? Sure. To find out more about Hound, you can always just visit hound.com. It's with a W, so H-O-W-N-D.com. You can reach out to me. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Brandon Wiley, or brandon at hound.com. Always happy to talk with anybody about anything. I love this industry. Mm. I see a lot of centers. I see a lot of what's working, what doesn't work, and right. always happy to have a conversation, even if it's not about Hound, just about the industry in general. So it's, been, it's been great to have that with you. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed it. Definitely one of my favorite conversations. Appreciate you taking the time. This has been fun. Absolutely, Forrest. It was cool. a lot of fun. Awesome. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thanks again for coming on. See you later.